Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Ujicic, Head of Technology at Situation. I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat this week, but hopefully it will go away. I am joined this week by Jordan Person, our Head of New Business. Hello, Jordan. Hey, Peter. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. And we have a very special guest this week, first timer on the podcast, our creative director, Chris Powers. Hello, Chris. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Excellent. So this week, we wanted to talk about a topic uh, that is kind of an extension of some of the stuff that we've talked about previously, but a slightly different take on it. The idea of knowledge and specifically knowledge growth within a creative agency or a creative field. Um, Why is knowledge growth something that we think is important in a modern creative agency? And how do you grow knowledge, whether it's as an agency or as an individual, how do you grow that successfully? Um, We've talked a lot in the past about curiosity and how much we value being curious. And, you know, I guess my first question to kick out to you guys is, you know, what is knowledge? Is knowledge the end result of a curious mind? If I'm curious about how something works or how to do something, is my goal to accumulate this thing called knowledge that then I own and is part of me? What What is knowledge in the context of how you do your day-to-day job? I think knowledge almost acts as like the 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 the. Sp- the spine of what you do. There's a sense that knowledge is kind of the baseline and you want to build up this strong sense of, of whatever it is that you specialize in. And ultimately it, it provides a platform on which you can actually have a lot of freedom then because you have the baseline knowledge that you're then able to have a a much greater sense of creativity and an opportunity because you have this baseline sense of, of, of what you know that you're then able to kind of flex in a lot of different ways. I guess that's a one definition. So, so kind of the tools in your toolbox. Yeah. The, the, you know, the tools of your trade. I have a working knowledge of, you know, the, what it means to solicit new business in a creative field, in a creative industry. Do you, do you have any examples, Jordan, of anything that you could point to that is, that, that is, are one of those tools or one of those things that you've worked to just, you know, you, you draw upon it every day. It is, it is kind of a wellspring of something that helps you do your job. Is there anything you can think of? I mean, I don't know if this is a good example of it, but I think, I mean, one of the, the part of my job is in building relationships with people. Mm. You know, it's not just about like selling through project A this week. That's certainly an element of it, but generally that is an output of a relationship that's been nurtured. So I mean, for me, a lot of it is like consuming a lot of different types of media, whether that's the books I read for pleasure, whether that's just, it's in a sense, it's right. living my life in a mindful way where I'm able to kind of tap into that to connect with people. Sure. And it's ultimately, I mean, so in a sense, there is like building a wide knowledge base of things to help, you know, and it sounds calculated, but it's not, you know, to right. like build genuine connections with as many people as I can to, to help ultimately help understand what is this person's pain point? What is this person's need? And is this something that as an agency we could, um, you know, support in some way? Right. Well, you know, I imagine there's a fair amount of research that you do before you even talk to somebody. If you, if we get an RFP, if we get, 
you know, a knock on our door, you know, immediately you go to work, I'm sure, researching, you know, exactly what you just said. What are this person's pain points? Where are they coming from? Who was their previous agency? Mm -hmm. You kind of, you start to assemble those things in an effort to, you know, have that first conversation be meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the more information that I can kind of build, the, the, the more kind of detailed picture I can paint of someone's current situation, the, the much better understanding I have of whether it's even a good fit or not. Right. If they're, you know, what, what the, what, what down the road might look like. Well, and everybody appreciates kind of walking into the room and having someone take the time to get to know them beforehand and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not just say, okay, and who are you? And, you know, what do you want? I think, you know, that really makes an impression is, is that having that, that prior knowledge before, that first meeting. Yeah. Chris, what about you in, in terms of, uh, you know, you, you work in a much more creative side of, of what we do, but you are responsible for working with, uh, you know, creative minds, copywriters, designers, and what, what are the kinds of things that when you, for example, when you're looking to hire someone as part of the creative team, is there knowledge that that per, that these people need to bring to the table? Is it, is it different? Is it a different set of skills than it was five years ago, 10 years ago? Uh, I know you touched on this a little bit in our mobile truth event that we did, which people can, can see in our app, but, but what, what is the, is there a core set of skills or knowledge that a designer, for example, should walk in the door with? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I don't know, when, when you were talking about knowledge, like I, I think it, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it is a little different than, than you. I think there's stuff you need to know to get in the door. Um, and, and, and from my perspective, I don't know that you have much control of what you know. It, what you know is kind of the, the dust that happens from what you do, you know, and it settles on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. And if you're curious you'll know various different things. Like if you're crazy pa- passionate about one thing, then you'll become that. That That's what you'll know. Like it's the difference between, say, Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes. Like Doctor Go Who... On. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who is everywhere, been everywhere, done everything, knows a lot of stuff just because of what he did. Sherlock Holmes knows one thing and one thing only, and that's how to like solve criminal cases mm. because he does not do anything anything that that different like like that that, that will take him away from that he, do, he doesn't know anything about the moon because he he thinks it's silly nonsense that will just get in the way of him being who he is so i i personally think that like your knowledge i'm more interested when i talk to somebody that we're trying to hire about how they look at the world and like what we try to do is build like, I don't know, what we try to get is different perspectives because those perspectives come with different ideas, different like ways of doing things, like different, um, different solutions to problems. Right. But if we all just, if we worry about what you know, like if I, if I only worry about whether you know Photoshop, then I don't know, you know, I'd rather look at somebody who knows photo, like, yes, I am aware of the program and I have some sufficient skill at it. 
But I want you to – I'm more interested in how do you solve life's problems? Where have you been? What right. have you done? What kinds of things are you – have you experienced? Like I'd be more interested in someone who, who talked a lot about like their passion for horses and how they you know worked. Like if that – because that kind of perspective I think shows somebody who will go off and do different things and right. won't do the same simple thing. You know, I, I don't want to have a conversation about like um, the actual tools and the the knowledge of those tools that you have. I'd rather be, I'd rather have the conversation. But what kinds of things do you like to do? Um, and we'll test and make sure you know the tools, right? Right? Like you 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 can you can see if someone's good at at Photoshop or any of those programs with one simple test, right? And how do you think that's developed? Like, is that something that that is, are you a product of your education system? Obviously, some of it is just inherent in who you are, the way that you consume knowledge. Like, in a sense, if you're going to be a generalist of some sort, or if you are going to be a specialist, choose the Dr. Who, Sherlock Holmes example. But, like, how is that something, I guess, that is changeable? You know, is that... What? What, the, what you the, know? Yeah, or the idea of... Of because some people just aren't curious or aren't you know you know and right but they'll know a lot of things they just will know a lot of things about stuff you may not care about like imagine someone is a, a I mean if, as long as you're you have the ability to retain information mm-hmm. which I think at our, at the core lots of people do you know there are some people that know more than others just because they have like a, a larger capacity to remember right um, but is that valuable. In some I cases. think I think it was it yeah it's definitely more I, I think it's always valuable to to have instant recall of right stuff. Um, I think that 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 the actual recall of the stuff is less important than the passion or curiosity to do something else. So how do you develop that passion or curiosity? How do I anyone. or how does anyone? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, – so what I hear you saying, Chris, to some level is if all you have is knowledge, if you come in with a resume and, – and I've seen this a lot in technology. You get somebody who comes in and fills up their resume with all of their certifications. I'm, I'm – you know, I have these little badges that prove kind of like, you know, the Tin Man and the Wizard of Oz. I have this heart, which proves that I have a heart. And – but – you know, that knowledge, if, if all you think about is, okay, I'm going to accumulate more of these little signifiers that prove that I know something, that can almost be a blocker. If you're not really focusing on that that curiosity that, what do I do with this now? Yeah, well, I mean, anyone, that, that's kind of where I get, like, it's not the, the, like, it's not the actual things you have available to you that you know like anything facts and you know figures and all that stuff that's not what separates people it might separate two people that are kind of on the same level oh i can get to this information quicker but what's really going to separate someone from being creative is looking at the world differently like i know if i know how to use a camera you know and, and i know all the ins and outs of that camera if i don't you know and i'm I'm taking a, two people taking a picture of a dog. The person that squats down and gets to eye level with the dog and has that curiosity and that connection with the dog 
is going to have a better photo hmm. than the person who just wants to take a picture of a dog. And technically got the F-stop right. Yeah, and, and they, could, right. they could both have the same level of, you know, quote-unquote knowledge. But it's, it's, that, it's that something else that wh- – that's what I look for. Like you obviously need to know things, but it's not about what you know. It's how, how do you connect them and what are the things that you want to do with that knowledge. Well, but I, I want to go back. I think there's got to be a healthy mix because you may have – you may be the dog whisperer and have this great relationship with the dog. If you have no idea how to use the camera, you're not going to take a good shot. There's You have to have a basic working knowledge of the tools of your trade to – Really, but but that's you know. But then you have to sublimate them. You have to they have to be second nature, and and I think that one of the things that sometimes you know I'm I'm going to speak up for for knowledge for a second, which I don't disagree with anything that you said about curiosity. But we do expect the people that work here to know what are even if they even if they reject them, we expect them to know what people are talking about in the trend of you know, d- digital agencies and, and a creative field. What are what are people saying about responsive design? What are people saying about, you know, mobile first concepts? What are we we expect there to be a knowledge, even if we have an opinion that says, you know what, that's all horse shit. But here's our take on it. So but th- so don't we have to find that mix between Doctor Who and and uh Sherlock Holmes of you know, my where my brain goes is like, is it fifteen percent knowledge and eighty five percent curiosity? I, I, or? I don't know. I think I think it's that's. I mean, it's an interesting question. I I think it just goes down a rabbit hole. That like you just need to know stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's a certain level of junk you need to know. Like you can't be David Bowie without knowing how to play guitar. Right. You know, without knowing the the you know the way that you know music works and the way notes you know, work together. But if you don't have a wacky way of looking at life, right. you're not going to be him anyway. So like, I, I guess it's not to me. So what's not so interesting to me is can you repeat facts or, you know, tell me how to, you know, do a specific thing on Photoshop, but how do you look at life? And then your hands can now make that happen because you have that information mm-hmm. or because you have that, that ability. Um, and that, I don't know, that's the way I separate knowledge. Like we were talking before about, you know, anybody with Google knows everything. Right. You know, yeah, the knowledge, the knowledge, the balance and the value of that encyclopedic mind, uh, is different than it was 20 years ago. Well, like now I do, I, you know, I, I've done crossword puzzles forever and I will, you know, I'm like, I'm doing them and my, my niece, I was like, it was with her birthday or something and we were, we were taking her out to um, to to dinner, and I was doing the crossword, and then she pulled out her thing, and she started doing the crossword, but she got it done faster mm. because she cheated. Right? Like I, you know, I I'm just doing it from what what do I know, and you know, trying mm-hmm. to you know solve it out. And she's just like, okay, let me look that up. Let me look wow, that up. Let me look that up. And I'm just like, what? Like, and this is you know, you're talking about like a Friday right. New York Times puzzle, like thanks. But that's actually an interesting uh, crossword is an interesting one. My husband's the same way; does it every day. And there are, it's funny because I feel like there's also there's like a there's like a way crosswords are that you you also have to like build up that knowledge. It's not just about like 
do you know the answer to this clue? But it's also about like, what is the, what is the puzzle asking you? You know, that that's, there's a creativity to that well, as well. Yeah, and but even was, the concept of Jeopardy. You yeah. know, where will the trivia show, the trivia, the pub night trivia, you know, in 20 years, is that a thing that's going to exist? Because we're of a generation that came up when we didn't have the answer to everything mm -hmm. right at our fingertips and the value of, and quite honestly, that's the fun of it is, is not, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I think those of us who enjoy games like that, we take pride in our ability to retain well, that, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And also, you know, um, it's the same thing with bar fights. <laughs> like, are you lamenting that the bar, like now you have to fight other, other, over things other than facts. Right, right. Or like yeah. not how many how many goals someone scored? It's who's the best hockey player, and you can fight over that. Not right. The the subjective. Yeah, but used opinion based. Yeah. Before the you know Google was everywhere, it was facts. Like there was a lot of things that you know you'd have arguments about what you knew, not what you right. knew with it. You know, like what is you know the, the Guinness Book of World Records is for that very mm -hmm. reason. Went to bars so that you know you could solve arguments. So, so let's uh, zooming kind of out for a second to talk about not just personal knowledge, but, you know, institutional knowledge of an agency, for example. I think one of the things that we talk about frequently uh, when we're soliciting new business is, you know, we've been doing this for 14 years. We, we bring to bear, uh, you know, a, our finger on the pulse and a history of data, quite frankly, that tells us how a particular live event might should perform. We're using that knowledge that we have to make predictive bets against how somebody should spend their ad dollars or uh, what, when, how soon they should announce or put their, their splash page up and start getting information. So how does, what is, you know, institutional knowledge of, of an organization like ours in the age of the, the startup, the brilliant idea, the thing that, you know, the flash in the pan that kind of, you know, comes out overnight and then disappears and gets gobbled up. Is there a, it, I, I don't really know what my question is exactly, but, <laughs> but I, I, I can say that I know that we value as an agency, we do value our institutional knowledge. It is, it is an element to the secret sauce of what we do. It doesn't mean we know a hundred percent what's going to happen next week or, or that we know, exactly how every show coming to Broadway is going to perform. But, but we do, we do make very good educated guesses because we've, we've accumulated that information. And then isn't that, what is that? Do you guys see that as a value changer or is when people, when you're in that new business situation, Jordan, is it, is that something that you feel is changing or how hard do we lean on that? That's a great question. Um, well, I mean, I think ultimately it's still, and this kind of echoes what Chris was saying, but I think it, it comes down to the people because a lot of people could claim institutional knowledge. I mean, in fact, I'm sure everyone claims institutional knowledge, but it's more about the minds that you have interpreting the data that you're sitting on, you know? So I still think it comes down to it's, it is. It's the worldview and the experience that you're bringing to interpreting this data and making sure you're asking the right questions about how do these compare 
the, you know, the, whether it is, you know, trying to forecast for, for, for a prospect or something, it's like, okay, how, how, how do these compare? Are we asking the right questions? Are we kind of mapping these in the right, mapping the data in the right way that actually is useful and can accurately forecast? Cause I think everyone's going to make the same claim. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Chris, what do you think? I mean, I, I, cause I, I think it's interesting. I, I, there's you do some things because you know they'll work mm-hmm. and you have to do other things because you don't know if it'll work mm. like somebody you know i the the reason we have all this data um because there, certain things are just obvious you know like you if you run this ad in this certain place that should work for you um there are things that aren't and if we're not I think part of what I think is makes us interesting um, is that we don't just rely on the things that work. Right. That mm-hmm. we are, you know, the queen sending the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria out there to find new worlds and hopefully not slaughter them. But um, <laughs> th- that we want to find and discover things. And we almost do some portion of what we do just to find out if it'll work Mm. because that's the only way, like, especially now, like you, if you're not trying new things, you're just, you're just stagnant. And and it's, it's kind of the same thing I was talking about before, like about knowledge, like just cause you know, it doesn't, I mean, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, What are you going to do with it? And that like, to me, when you were talking about, you know, curiosity and like why those kinds of things, um, you know, get more, you, you get more of that knowledge. You get more of that stuff. And, you've, you've, and again, if you've hired people with different perspectives based on not necessarily what they know, but what they do with what they know, right. then you can look at these problems kind of differently and go, okay, let's take our budget and do, okay, 90% of it is going to be the tried, true, like res- respect for tradition because hell yeah, we, this is going to work. And But you can take 10%, slice it off and just do something crazy that may, you know, risk and get some really good value out of it, whether, right. whether it's, wow, that, we shouldn't do that again, or wow, this is really interesting. Let's now try a different, you know, approach mm-hmm. on this, on this new thing. Um, you know, I mean, that's why, I mean, this is kind of the way the world works now. It's more, right. um, it's, it's more, the, you, it rewards the risky. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think any organization, and I think Damien would agree, does have to invest a certain amount of its capital in in that unknown, in sending the need. I like that example of sending off the ships. Now, the rest of the Armada is back on the normal trade routes doing the predictable as much as possible. But you have to have, you know, you have to take those moonshots. You have to do that exploration if you're not going to just kind of wither on the vine. I think you have to, you have to uh, extend your knowledge and, and risk uh, risk the unknown, whether you're a person or an industry or whatever. I mean, that's the concept of, you know, you see a lot of, um, a lot of Silicon Valley startups or the idea of the 20% time, uh, you know, 20% of your work week is your passion project. Uh, and I also really like, you know, that concept of diversity, which is going to be an upcoming topic on one of our podcasts and just really getting, different mindsets together uh, and you know just by somebody who sees the world in a different way than you do is necessarily going to to to, to shake up you know the the, the expected or the, the what you think you know no i think there's a there is a sense of 
like empathy in some of what we're saying where it is, whether it's the dog and the camera example, where it's like putting, you know, putting yourself in a sense in the dog's shoes, I guess you'd say, pause. <laughs> um, you know, there, there, there is a sense I, I, I really strongly believe of like empathy being a trait that I think is somehow related to ultimately what you're able to do with, with what you know, because it, it is something of, of putting yourself kind of on all sides of someone from, you know, as many perspectives as, as you can. And a lot of that does come from a sense of diversity to have, have even a context for what some of those other points of view might be. Might be. So now I'm, I'm going to kind of put you guys on the spot because uh, this is an interview question that I like to throw in. I think I've talked about on the podcast before and I'm going to put myself on the spot too, but what is the last thing that you taught yourself to do in the in the effort to expand your knowledge and say, you know what, I, I want to learn something new. I, I want to, you know, not just recognize that I'm a complete being. I'm going to launch my Nina, my Pinta, my Santa Maria into the unknown. What is what is something that comes to mind as uh, something that you you did recently or, you know, the last few years to kind of add to your toolkit? I have one that immediately comes to mind that's completely irrelevant to the workplace, but no, I, I, uh, I took um, karate classes, which I had never done before in my life, is completely nice. foreign to me, never took it growing up, whatever. I just thought it was something that I wanted to try. And I was literally <laughs> the oldest person in the class by mm, 20 years you know, it was <laughs> it was me and a bunch of you know. I love that visual. Young, oh, it was amazing! And yeah, when I when I got my first belt, my husband came and and was it was literally like I think everyone was like, "What is that woman doing here? And why is he here? What's happening?" But it was amazing because it was truly something that I actually it's it's I feel like it's actually very rare as an adult to have these experiences where you feel like I have no context for what to expect. I have no context for what I'm doing. I feel behind, but in an amazing way. Right. It was, it was a really actually liberating experience. I loved it. That sounds awesome. That sounds, that's, that, I, are you still doing it? No, no, I'm not still doing it, but it was just a fantastic, uh, uh, like little experiment. That's great. Chris, is there something that you can think of that you've launched into the unknown? Some knowledge adventure you've taken. I don't. I look at every day as an opportunity to learn something new. Like, I, and it's. it's I, I just look at a lot of different things. Like, I love reading. I love, like the other. Like last week, um, or like a couple weeks ago. You know, we uh, my girlfriend and I went to um, like a church in Harlem and did archery. Nice. You know, like so. I we just like. I just like to do stuff that I haven't done before and just see if I can do it. We're also all in the agency's book club. And I feel like book club is actually an interesting example where like I read things all the time. I would never have picked off the shelf that someone else. Oh, that's picked. for sure. True. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that truly is, it like opens my mind to a piece of material or a point of view that I would never have otherwise been exposed to most likely. Well, and what I think we're also three good examples in book club of people who show up, 
And if we didn't like something, we will let the room know that we didn't like something. Like, we come with strong opinions, which I think is... Yeah, no, is, I always say... That's part of the fun of it for me. I always say, you know, like, I... I it, it was... It's, I've never thought it was a waste of my time, but I've, it's, I've ne- I have not liked every book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Well, I, I just... To, so to not, you know, let myself off the hook, I think two things come to mind that, that I've done in, in the last year. One, one is learn how to produce a podcast. Which uh, and and actually edit audio, which uh, has been I've had some fascinating. Hopefully, the, this has benefited from the fruits of that. Um, but that's been a real eye opening. I did it's not something I knew how to do a year ago, and had a lot of great people help me. You know, learn some parts of that, and also cooking. I've been doing a lot more cooking. Uh, I think we've talked about Blue Apron in the past, and not that they're a sponsor, but if they want to be, they can be. Uh, but just really. You know, learning how to to assemble meals, it's not something that's ever been in my comfort zone, very much kind of the bachelor cook, but trying to take that to the next level and actually make stuff uh, and appreciate that. So what's been the most surprising thing about that, like on the cooking side, especially (laughs) Um, the most surprising thing, uh, how labor intensive it is and how how much better things taste when you have put the effort into them Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just the. And and also not being afraid to completely screw something up, uh, I think you know because that's that's a that's a necessary part of the learning process. Uh, you know, I think to, to your example, Jordan, you you can't be self conscious when you're teaching yourself uh, something new. You have to just kind of embrace the fact that you're putting yourself into the unknown. You might feel embarrassed, but uh, you you have to be comfortable in that space. That's that's a key part of of learning something new is that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something about that. That's actually, that can be um, like an adrenaline, like positive. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've got to give yourself permission to, to, to live in that space. Um, well guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate your, your, your time today talking about kind of an abstract topic such as this, but I really, I, hopefully it's, it's, expanded i think our value of of what we know and what we think we know and what we we might want to teach ourselves in the future um you our listeners if you have any feedback that you want to give to us please send us an email to podcast at situation.nyc um we read every single email that comes through and really appreciate your ideas and your topics and uh we'll be back again in a couple of weeks with with something else to talk about thanks guys so much have a good one 